and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. Jeff, I think the biggest item of today has to be the Western Global uh stories i mean we've been watching this company go through some pretty dramatic news uh over this past year could you tell me a little bit more yeah uh dramatic roller coaster i mean the, the various words we can use to uh, describe the situation but um they it's interesting because they um obviously along with everyone else um during the pandemic had uh, you know, a very good time and enjoyed, um, probably enjoyed some some serious uh, revenue and earnings. Um, and so they, um, of course, they, they've always um, been just operating mostly uh, MD-11s along with a few uh, 747s. Uh, and, you know, even before the pandemic, they actually acquired a production 747 that was um, previously without this air. Um, but, uh, they, they also, um, I mean, we don't know how, how exactly, um, or how large the connection is between, um, you know, their performance during the pandemic and their, uh, order for two new 777 freighters from Boeing. Um, but that already was a kind of, um, I guess unexpected, uh, but they um, so at the time they said they they were expanding and renewing their fleet with those. Um, then you know earlier this year things started um, to go downhill a bit, and there were reports that they had cancelled um, those two triple sevens. Um, now, I mean, I have to say that uh, they, as of right now, those two 777s still appear on um, the Boeing backlog. Uh, not that that's indicative of anything, but um, aside from that, this week we, we had, um, you know, some rumors um, of them um, fighting for bankruptcy as uh, the market kind of changes. Um, and it's certainly very different from, you know, 2020, 2021. Um, so they, um, we also looked into their fleet in a bit more detail and, um, they are only flying, um, you know, half of, um, their, their total fleet. Uh, now that's not. I want to really jump very... in right there on their fleet, uh, and direct the conversation to exactly the their fleet. Now you meant you just mentioned that they still had the um backlog into Boeing. Um do, do these freighters haven't begun um uh, being built. They're they're not currently under construction. Um like what I'm thinking about what we saw for uh, a number of cancellations for um Russian operated um aircraft where those aircraft were then resold to different operators. So something like that. Um, where we don't think that that might happen in Russia. You mean the seven four sevens or the triple? I mean the the there are still uh, speaking of Russia. I mean just the, just uh, the uh, Western Volga, global aircraft there. Right. Well, the um, and, also um, interestingly still I think um, has an order for triple seven still in the backlog um, officially. 
but uh, you know we we will have to wait to see what happens with those. But um, if let's say they're not physical aircraft yet, there no there's no right, construction right, right. for the for um, the Western Global aircraft. Yeah, and we so this order from Western Global um, came in early last year, um, and we we were not told of the exact timeline for these two aircraft. Um, so they we don't know whether they've begun production, um, but what we can say, I guess, is if um, if they have uh, been indeed been cancelled, um, then those Boeing will would try and market those uh, slots or the aircraft, depending on whether whether they've been built. Uh, but you know, Boeing will be trying to find a, a different home for them. I imagine um, that'd be a big win for Boeing, given the how important delivery timelines have become for both Boeing and Airbus. Uh, right, because then suddenly these... you have um, two slots that aren't at the back of the queue. Uh, now let me of... let me ask you about the current Western Global fleet. So if if it, let me confirm that I'm correct, they operate as many as three 747s um, and as many as four. MD-11s, both of which are rather old with average age of 29 and 28 years, respectively, um, right. with a number um, more parked. Yeah, um, they, um, they've they had a preference, uh, I guess, for uh, second-hand at, or, or more uh, aircraft. Um, and they've always been, uh, you know, very uh, vocal about their preference for the MD-11 in particular. Um, now, on the MD-11, of course, there's, um, you know, there are some interesting developments. Uh, and uh, with the other two operators of that type in the US, uh, FedEx and UPS, now uh, basically committing to uh, a retirement program for, for their MD-11s. So we don't Just think because... that Western Global MD-11s might end up in new hands. This might be the end of the road for these aircraft? Oh, I mean, we can't say for sure, but um, some of their the Western Global MD-11s have not flown for for years, um, and they some of those may have been acquired just for parts, um, or uh, they they've, they're still in the process of heavy maintenance or something else. We don't exactly know, but um, given the retirement plans for this type. Um, at both FedEx and UPS, it it would seem um, unlikely that they would then go on to pick up more MD-11s while they're retiring, you know, the same type from their fleet. But that doesn't mean um, other operators in other regions might not be interested, you know. Um, with uh, We have Cargo 3, for example, in Panama, um, opting for uh, some MD-10s uh, that were previously with FedEx. So interesting, um, an interesting decision, uh, but we will see. Right. It, it, but when was the last time we saw a, a, a freighter airline go belly up? Um, I don't. I jokingly say Atlas, but that's not exactly what happened there. Um, but it it, it, it I, is yeah. certainly it, I don't think of any in recent memory. Would you think that this would be 
perhaps um, something with Western Global's business model that made this company insolvent or a sign of the times? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it could be a, a bit of both. Um, of course, the market, as we know, is not quite as strong as it was uh, in the past two years. Um, but uh, I mean, even um, as I was saying, even uh, during you know better times, the Western Global Fleet um, hasn't been a hundred percent in active service anyway. Um, so it's it's it was kind of strange, um, you know, to still see some of their MD elevens uh, parked, um, you know, basically at the peak of the pandemic. Um, again, we don't know whether that's because some of the, those MD elevens were acquired just for parts um, or or what, but you know, it is interesting. And I, I think um, also a couple of years ago they um they they basically restructured so that um or they they offered um an employee ownership um scheme um and on that note you know that um, some of these employees are now um basically suing um the owners of the company so um there's there's that um, legal dispute that the company also has to deal with now. I, I want to now pivot to one of the other MD11 operators, and that would be UPS. Uh, now, we know that uh, the Teamsters have demanded UPS submit its best and final offerings to the union by June 30th today, um, where we're beginning to think that there's the potential for a major strike. Now, UPS, of course, um, is one of the larger um, carriers and uh, operating as far as a, a, the entirety of their network, not just air volume, um, would be the second largest carrier um, of, of freight um, and cargo in the United States which is a lead narrowly held over Amazon. Um, now, Amazon is now just beginning to take deliveries of A330s. So perhaps for the, as far as the air freight component, we might see a shift um, soon. Uh, do you think, would you expect a major disruption for the air cargo industry should um, the UPS team go on strike? And what would that look like? Um. I mean, first of all, we don't know how um, how many aircraft, uh, how many, yeah, how many of the freighters and how many flights um, will be affected, and which whether they're going to limit this to certain routes, certain airports, uh, certain regions. That we don't know. Um, but I mean, what? Yeah, what do you think? I'm not sure we will see the same effect with the um, air freight um, component. Now, if it's if it's Teamsters, um, this would be more downstream in their logistics chain. Um, and I, I'd imagine it would make some of their routes more expensive to operate. Um, 
with, with less or not more expensive just say it'd be hard to fill these air, aircraft with the lack of their teamsters downstream and then the air freight component of their operation would become one something one of the more costly bargaining chips um that both the union and the corporation would have and it would become a liability quickly um it's certainly something that i'll be following with extreme interest and prejudice um in the next coming weeks but i want to move on um to our lastly um we just published the freighter aircraft transactions in may and i wanted to give an, an opportunity were there any transactions um that were of special interest to you jeff i mean i would say the we picked the um that photo uh i guess for a reason and that's because that was one of the noteworthy um transactions for that for the month um for our listeners at home jeff is news to to radio to radio and podcasting that photo is referring to an alaskan 737 i was about to describe the photo thank you uh and that is uh an alaska airline 737 800 in the hangar at Tupesa in costa rica uh, and that is their what will become their first 737-800-BCF. Um, that is now undergoing conversion uh, and it will um, be completed and um, join the airline as a freighter um, later this year. Um, that, of course, is uh, part of the sale conversion leaseback arrangement with BBAM um, that they announced last year. Uh, so yeah, it's noteworthy. Um, there aren't um, a whole lot of 737, uh, 800 freighter operators in the US, um, and they will be the the latest one. Um, they're also one of, uh, well, in fact, they're the only um, scheduled combination ca- carrier uh, in the US, um, not including, of course, the ACMI and Charter um, people like Atlas and uh, ATSG and a few others. So uh, yeah, they are the only main line scheduled passenger airline with uh, freighters in the US. Um, this will join their three 737-700 BDSFs. It is interesting. Are, are they... you, you're including Mesa Airlines in that statement? No, because they are also um, kind of a, a contract carrier, so I wasn't including them. See, well, on that positive note, I'm going to say that that's going to be all the time we have for today. For more monthly media coverage like this, search CargoFacts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and searchcargofacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time. Bye.